Welcome everyone to Business Growth on Purpose. My name is Jose Palomino. I'm CEO of Value Prop Interactive. And it is my great pleasure every week to be interviewing experts from around the world, owners of other B2B businesses, and sometimes just sharing some of my personal insights from decades of helping businesses grow on purpose. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jose Palomino with another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. And today's guest is Katie Burkhart. And Katie is an expert at storytelling. Now, just listen carefully here. Storytelling is a critical skill, a critical approach to connect with your best prospects, to really help them understand your value in a way that doesn't sound like you're just spewing a lot of facts and figures and data points but actually in a way that's interesting, engaging, and truly a conversation. So Katie is a real master of helping people do this. You're going to uh, be uh, thrilled to hear and to learn from her some key principles that you can apply right now to storytelling to grow your business right here on Business Growth on Purpose. Welcome, Katie, to Business Growth on Purpose. Hello. So glad to be back. Yeah, well, it's been about a year since we actually had a chance to catch up on what you do. So for our audience, just to give them immediate context, if you can just tell us a little bit about what you do and who you do it for. Fabulous. Well, I am uh, the CEO uh, of Matter 7. We are a storytelling studio. Uh, We know that you need to engage people, so we help you to tell a story that they actually care about, um, which has been a real adventure. uh, And we that's what we focus on as a team. Wow. So storytelling. So you you hear a lot about that. And, you know, there's books been written on this and so on. And there's a big movement in sales training, sales development around you got to tell stories, you know, and then but I also hear this back to me from people I work with, like, hey, I'm not a storyteller. If I wanted to be like a stand up comedian, I would have been a stand up comedian. But instead, I'm yeah. running this machine shop or I'm doing the, you know, this uh, professional service or I'm an accountant. I'm not a storyteller. So how do you help that person or that somebody thinking that be effective at telling stories? I love the idea of telling stories. I know our brains register things through stories better than just facts and figures. Um, How do you, you know, what's the gap and how do you help close that gap? So that's a big question. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with a a sort of broad answer and then we can take it in whatever direction you'd like. Um, The broad answer is the way we think about storytelling is that it isn't a script. It's a conversation. Um, And I think for a lot of people in the working world and business, even in life, you know, we hear storytelling and we think, oh my God, I got to have an epic like Lord of the Rings and it needs to be (laughs) polished and it needs to sound amazing. And I got to have character development, whatever. And it's like, and yes. you read some of the stuff and it, it kind of leads you down that path. And, and that's overwhelming for somebody who isn't like a yes. theater arts person or, or, or a writer. And realistically speaking, when you talk about, you know, I'm, an, I'm a salesperson, which is who you, you nailed on, or I'm the CEO or whatever, most of the time, like you, you aren't having a Steve Jobs moment with a massive big screen and telling this remarkable story. That is a fraction. It doesn't mean it's not useful. 
It doesn't mean it's a thing you shouldn't potentially know how to do, but on a day-to-day basis, when you're talking about storytelling, what you're talking about is how are you talking to other people? Are you able to well answer the questions that they're going to ask? How are you really engaging them and being able to talk like a human being, right? So that's how we really first start with helping our clients is we help them to think through what we call a story playbook. It's a cross between a number of different documents a business might develop, like their strategic plan, their marketing plan, their brand guidebook, you know, and a couple of other different things where we really synthesized it down to 16 to 18 questions that we know if you're sitting on a call and somebody says, well, who do you who do you work with? We want to have a really human answer to that question um, yeah. versus like, let me wheel out my marketing's 20 list of demographics they use to right. target ad campaigns, right. which is not a very human or storytelling answer. Um, and then we sort of take the next step and say, okay, if we know these are the types of questions that people are asking, you know, who do you help? And most importantly, how do you help them? What value do you actually deliver? That's the point of the story and getting people comfortable that that's really what they want to be driving their their things back to, whether they're in conversation or not, is pretty huge. So helping them to capture their people and what that looks like as specifically as possible um, is a big piece of, of what we do as sort of the second step. But we always start with that. How do we get people more comfortable and give them access to like, hey, here are those answers to those questions that you're going to get hit up on on a regular basis. And then, yes, we do some talking and some discussing about here are some tips and tricks that you can always keep in mind when you're talking to other people. You know, even something as simple as building a story bank of things that you, you know, here are stories that we as a team have developed. Here are some stories I have in my back pocket because putting yourself into the story can be a big help, you know, help me relate to you. Well, well, you, you talked about uh, the way you described that, what I wanted to just kind of lean into a little bit here in B2B, which is generally most of our audience here, right. Uh, and, and most of who we work with at Valley Prop, um, we often make things or do things around things like it's industrial services. It, it could be painting, it could be industrial cleanup. It could be a machine that does the painting, whatever. So it's very easy in technical services and products to talk about your stuff, you know, and describe the stuff. Let me tell you about my, my paint roller 9,000 and what it does. Right. But you talked about the value. So how do you help people transition from talking about your stuff to what the benefit is to the customer? Because that's an amazingly big chasm for a lot of people mentally, because they've been all their whole life. They've been talking about the spec sheet and the thing, and you're talking about the outcome and the value. So how do you help people bridge that? So one of my absolute favorite questions, um, both for business strategy and for storytelling is what's the point? Um, And we really do start our clients with, hey, let's sit down, let's level set. The point of your story is the value you deliver. Um, And if you go through our story playbook, like most of it is not about them um, and getting them comfortable with, Yes, you do need to be able to give a succinct and human answer to, well, what what do you do? Um, But even the way that we've asked the question, it's all centered around the person that they serve. You know, so understanding and understanding who that person is, what that value is that they're getting, what are you helping them to do or achieve? So you have your, you know, roller 9000 that's like the most amazing roller since sliced bread. 
That's not necessarily what I want to know. What I want to know is what is that going to help me do or achieve? Are you going to be able to paint twice as fast? Is mm-hmm. that what's really important to me? Are you going to paint more accurately? Is that what's really important to me? You know, ultimately, if you're selling to a customer, I would be looking for something like, you know, you're going to have the most, you know, that beautiful room you've been dreaming of, you know, twice as, as fast and without the mess and hassle, because that's what we're really able to do for you. Those details you know, are still important. And we always say to clients, you should know them. You should be prepared to talk about them. If someone asks again, it's a conversation, Um, but they are third and fourth level details when someone, and if someone asks, they're not the point of the story. So really having that conversation, getting people comfortable and really working with them to know what that is. If we run into clients who really genuinely aren't comfortable with who the person they serve is and don't really feel that they know the value. We're really lucky to have our sister company, the Matter Logic Company, who deals in business strategy and can really dig into, well, let's go figure that out um, so that we can then come back. Point one, let's start, let's start there. By the way, as you described it, I was thinking we should invent the roller 9,000 because (laughs) if anyone's ever done a project at home, you know, that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, And I, and I want to never paint ceilings again, because I, I, I've done that recently for a friend and that's just really a a challenge. Anyway, I digress. So, no. Okay. So great. So you, you focus on that. Now, when we hear stories, there's a thought that comes to mind of kind of a, a narrative, maybe of the past of something that's been done that's happened and so on. So how do we, how can we in business incorporate stories of past successes and so on without it coming across? Like it's so much, you know, you have this sense of like, we're great. We're the, we're the cat's meow. You should, you should be privileged to do business with us. How do we tell success stories without it feeling like boasting? Shift your focus. It's not actually about you. You know, most of the success stories you see, you know, even my favorite are love notes. I would love to obliterate whoever came up with the concept of love notes. You know, it's like, this is not, you know, and all they say is something like, these guys are great. I'm like, first of all, this tells me absolutely nothing about whether you're going to deliver the value that I'm really looking for. I don't see myself here. I don't really know what's happening. I know that Sharon, if Sharon is real, seems to think you're pretty snazzy, but that's really all that you've told me. Um, It's not really what I'm looking to know. So when we work with people doing what we call individual stories, right, we're going to go in there and while we will do team partners and other people, the number one person that we want to get to know is your customer. Um, And when we're doing those stories, what we're, we're typically encouraging our clients to do is like, It's not really about you. You know, it's really easy to whip in and be like, we're going to spend 20 minutes and we're going to ask them questions to talk about how great we are and get out of the room. That does not a great story make. You know, what we really want to do is get into who is Sharon, you know, and what is Sharon's life like? And tell me more about Sharon, the person and what Sharon's doing at work and, you know, or whatever position is is relevant to the business and, and what it is you do. And then bring in or weave in how and where you were able to help her do or achieve something, but it's not about Sharon listing all of the features of your piece of software. It's about Sharon talking about, look at what we were able to achieve because of this piece of software. So your mention in the story is likely very small, but I've really gotten to know this person. I can see myself there and say, yeah, that's, this is the group that I really want to work on. She's talking about the things I care about. You know, these are people I can trust. They have my back. 
or something else. They're incredibly fast. Whatever those value points you've determined on, you're hoping that in the process of Sharon talking about her experience, talking about who Sharon is, and ultimately talking about the process of working with you is hitting on all those points that I, as your prospective customer, am hoping to validate that you're going to you know, give me that experience and ultimately get me the result that Sharon has experienced because I want to be Sharon. I want to see myself there. Well, and so... So let's say we get Sharon to cooperate and say nice things about us in the way we want her to talk about it. You know, so Sean D'Souza, who wrote the brain audit, he talks about start the story, I think, with uh, what their problem was and what they tried and what they failed at. And then they discovered you, you know, perfect. You know, that'd be ideal. Like, you know, and I didn't think I could find anyone who could do my books. And then I found you know, the uh, Xeon bookkeeping service. And he did an amazing job of organizing my, my, uh, my shoebox full of receipts. Yeah. The, however, to that is, uh, you know, people don't always just follow your script. They're going to say what they're going to say. Right. So, and you do a lot of work, obviously the primary part of what you do is capturing stuff on video. Right. Mm -hmm. So two issues. One is let's say somebody listening says, that's great. I would love to get my customers on video. Uh, how do I get them to say yes to that? Because people often get like, um, you know, stage fright. They don't want to be on video necessarily, although we're all on video these days to a much greater yeah. degree. And how do I, how do I coach them to say things, not to what they should say, they're going to say what they believe is true. I'm not yeah. trying to script the Correct. truth for them, but the order, the structure to make it valuable. So it's useful. Yep. How do you, how do we, how do we do any of that? How do we get people to cooperate? I guess is the question. So, you know, I would say uh, typically the way that you, you know, going back to value, right? Like we're always value centered. How do you make this a valuable experience for them? Um, So typically speaking, you know, if we're working with a nonprofit in a lot of cases, uh, unless it's sensitive, um, in which case that can be a particular challenge and a unique challenge, a lot of the beneficiaries are actually very excited to share their gratitude because they truly appreciate whatever the organization has done for them. So there's usually a little less armed hosting. Um, when you get into business, it depends on what you do. Some people are very happy to, to do something quick for you because they really appreciate it. Other businesses, you know, we're all busy. We have a lot going on, you know, sitting and making time for this may or may not be my priority, even though it's your priority. Um, and that says nothing about if you run a business where they maybe don't totally want to talk about what they did with you because they're worried it may make them look, you know, like admitting they have these problems is not a thing that they want to do, et cetera. So there's a lot of dynamic there. Um, And I think, again, going back to this, how do I tell their story in a way that is beneficial to them, right? Like, so what we want to do is figure out, like, if you're going to cut a video, make, you know, make it so that they can share that video. If you're going to do it and write a story, make sure that you're getting the, you know, quotes that they need, give them an opportunity to review it so that they know you're not sending something out where they feel like they look awful, you know, and that they don't know what you're going to be sending, do what you can to really make it something that's worth it for them. And understand that may mean tweaking your approach in order to get something that's really worth it to them and worth it for them to participate in, in order for you to get the thing that you're looking to get. As far as how you get them to respond really well, again, we do want those golden nuggets of, you know, I can't imagine I found XYZ company who just knocked my socks off because, you know, that's golden magic. We love that. Um, We typically as a team, you know, we don't do scripts. We don't come in. We don't ask them to read anything in particular. 
we're careful about asking really direct questions like, what do you think about company X, Y, Z? Because you will typically get a stilted right. answer because it's, scale it's of one awkward. to five. It's a five. Yeah. And the interview you know, over. so it's, it's <laughs> tough. What we prefer right. instead is let's really develop a good list of questions. Um, we typically share some of those questions with the person in advance. So they have an opportunity to prepare so that they're not coming and giving you an off the cuff answer that may or may not be great, but we really try to do it again um, as a conversation, you know, and there will be side tangents. There will be things about them. There will be additional footage that you may or may not ever use, but hopefully by putting them at ease, by making them feel like a person, you know, by getting into those places where you can see them sort of relax and now you're in their space and you're talking about their work and you're talking about what they're really excited about or the impact that they're making, you know, then you can start to filter in those questions about, and I know that you had a challenge with X, Y, Z, you know, tell me a little bit more about that. Get me into that so that you're really able to explore some of that. And like I said, there will inevitably be footage that doesn't go into the final 30 second or 10 second cut because you need that one gold nugget in the 10 second cut but it can make for a great two to three minute video that's really worth it for them because it's making their CEO look really good who's sharing this amazing story about this great success that they've had, you know, and at the same time, you're getting to benefit that, you know, you were key in creating that success. Wow. And, and you know, I guess one one little challenge on testimonials that I've found over the years is simply uh, for companies that sell to bigger companies is often the person you sell to who loves you does not have the authority to go on the record. So it's a big frustration. So how do I get this? They love us, but it would have to go all the way up to like legal or compliance or something before I could get them on, you know, other than, and then, you know, having like, you know, Joe S pharmaceutical yeah. company exec is not a very effective testimonial. So, so I'm sure that's something you, you, you deal with as well. Yeah. Well, let me, let me loop back to the beginning part of the, the storytelling side of things a little bit for somebody who is actually in whether it's not for profit or for profit, they have to sell. They have to basically pitch something. They have to talk to somebody that they need to do something, right? Either buy my stuff, write me a check, whatever the thing is. Um, person's not used to telling stories necessarily. And we often hear that they should bring some of themselves, their personal story into it. Yeah. How much of that should they be thinking about? I mean, is it, is it, does it have to be like, you know, if you watch and I just, I, I admit, I, I really love America's got talent. It's just funny and good, but everybody, the sadder, the story, the greater, the chance they're going to get the golden buzzer. Sure. Right. I mean, they have to be talented too. There's a lot of talented people, but they always emphasize their sad story. Even if yeah. it's like some, my aunt, who was my favorite aunt died eight years ago, but it affected me today, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So how how do you advise somebody to bring their personal story in without it getting weird? So when we talk to people, you know, about storytelling and we say, you know, who are your people, right? People in your story are like characters when we're writing a fictional story. Um, And your customer is the main character, but you're a supporting character. Um, And we like to talk to people about, and we don't make everyone document it, but we at least try to get leadership thinking about, you know, what's your role in the story? How do you contribute, you know, to making this happen? And your role may be different, you know, depending on where you sit in the the company, who you are, you know, if you're a nonprofit, in a lot of cases, you may have someone from fundraising, but you may have a volunteer board member or somebody from a, a fundraising committee talking about like, what's my role and how am I making contributions why do I choose to work here? You know, like that, 
believe it or not, can go a long way. You know, like if you if you really loathe your company and you don't believe in the product, why in the world am I right. going to go about buying it? You're sort of the first line of defense. So understanding whether that, you know, why that's true and and how you came to be. I, I talked to someone recently who works for a staffing agency and listening to her talk about like, you know, I'm actually the, you know, the epitome of what our business does. And here's what it's done for my life. I mean, she's like her own case study. It was incredibly compelling. Um, as far as how much you bring in and when you can make it weird, you know, it should never feel forced. It's a conversation. If there's no natural way to talk about yourself, you don't need to try to try to wedge it in there, you know, in order to make a point, you know, see where it may fall. But a lot of people will ask, in fact, I always ask people when I'm meeting, whether they're pitching me something or I'm just meeting them, I will say, how did you get into doing what you do? Why are you, know, why are you doing it at this particular company? What has that experience been like for you? Because I'd, I'd like to understand sort of how they're fitting, you know, in that story. And, and you're correct. You know, the icing on the birthday cake is when you have that case study moment, you know, like I support this charity because I suffered from that rare disease as a child, you know, or I'm working at this company because I talked to somebody who was on Amtrak, you know, and was like, my grandfather did trains, my father did trains, and now I'm doing trains. I also happen to love building model trains. And it was like, you know, like beautiful (laughs) that you happen to have that story, but it's okay that not everybody does, you know, and, and where we sort of say, if if you don't fit any of those, you know, beautiful moments, you know, have something in your back pocket about who you are as a human being, you know, great stories are about people and specifics. Maybe you love America's got talent. Maybe you have a dog that you think is an absolute riot. Maybe you, (laughs) you know, want to learn how to play the bagpipes, you know, like having that little bit about you and who you are as a person goes a long way to building trust and forming a connection, which is what storytelling is all about. Right. Well, it, it makes it human and it focuses on the value. And I love what you said, Katie, that the star of the story, at least commercially, right, is going to be your customer, your client, your prospect. It's about them, mm-hmm. their challenges, their problems. So how my story intersects with their story becomes a very powerful moment. If, if it, But again, and I love what you also said, that it can't be forced. It can't feel yeah. weird. <laughs> like you got to know this that's nothing to do with what we're talking about but i think it's an interesting uh factor yeah. you know that's not as that's not as good so that's excellent katie we could go on and on on this because this is a really great topic uh and i'm sure anyone listening is thinking okay how do i apply this how might i make this work so if somebody listening wanted to know more about you what you do how to even just talk to you i'm sure you'd be willing to talk to them where would uh where would they best go to find you best place to find me is actually LinkedIn. Uh, and, and I'm sure we will include a link to that somewhere sure. in the, the show notes. You are welcome to come connect with me. I accept all connections. Um, and if you say, Hey, I heard you on the business growth on purpose podcast, you know, I'd love to talk to you for a few minutes about storytelling. You know, I have some questions or I'm wondering how we could do it better at my company, you know, just drop me a line. I'm happy to book 20 minutes with you, you know, and talk through, you know, whatever it is I can answer or however I can help more than happy to do it. I'm also a pretty regular poster on LinkedIn. So you're welcome to follow there for information. Um, I also write the Substack WTP. So you're welcome to subscribe there as well. I talk about story, but I also talk about a number of other things, including strategy, work, productivity, um, anything, you know, dealing with hopefully value, you know, and making sure that there's a point to what we're doing with our time. Well, Katie, thank you so much for stopping by. Really appreciate it and uh, fascinating. And I'm sure many people will get a lot of benefit from hearing your story as you help people tell theirs. 
Well, thank you very kindly. I enjoyed this conversation and, uh, you know, hopefully it can come back again someday because it always seems to be a good one. Absolutely. Take care. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.